Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the exponential success coach. And today I have with me, uh, well, he is known as America's only chief results officer, the CRO, which he's trademarked, by the way. Uh, he's <laughs> he, Blaine Olkers loves to help people get results. And that's what he does. Blaine, welcome to One Sharp Sword. Uh, Dr. P, thank you so much for having me on. I've uh, listened to your show and I'm happy to be a part of it and hopefully add a little value today to the listeners. And just really want to start off by saying thank you for taking the time to put these things together. Uh, you you deliver a lot of great content and insight, so I'm I'm excited to be here and uh, yeah, share share some frameworks and some stories. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited to have you. Um, and <laughs> this is this is us taking the time to add value. Uh, we have listeners that are listening. We have watchers that are watching. Let me ask you, I'm going to start by jumping into one of your frameworks. You're the chief results officer, and you have a saying that you have a, a trademark pending on, which is W-Y-T-A-Y-B-A. I'm going to repeat that W Y T A Y B A. And so why don't you talk a little bit about that? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a lot of fun. It's great to make up your own words. So <laughs> that's an acronym and it's pronounced Y-Taba. So, so it sounds a little bit like a circus tiger's name, but it's not. Y-Taba stands for what you think about, you bring about. Now, yeah. now there's two components there. One is, uh, you, you know, your thoughts and what you're thinking about. And then the second component is you bring it about, like you take action uh, upon what the universe or really your, your subconscious mind is feeding you. You take action on that. And so uh, a few years back, I, uh, I I did a TEDx talk where that was my one big idea worth sharing. Uh, and, and what I like about it, I, I guess I had a few moments of dawning comprehension where like the light bulb goes off and you're never quite the same again. Uh, and, and that first one in my life actually didn't happen until I was in college. And so I, I was uh, at Purdue University where I graduated from, I actually met my wife there. And so we, uh, so, so I saw this ad and maybe like some of the listeners, I've always been a little bit of a seeker. Like, how can I do better? You know, how can I self-improve a little bit? And I saw this ad where you can get an audio cassette tape. Okay. So I am dating myself now. So this is back in the eighties, uh, audio cassette tape, look it up, Google it. If you're not sure what that is. Uh, anyway, so it's a little audio program comes on this little kind of plastic device thing. Uh, and, and so it was, it was actually Earl Nightingale reading an abridged version of the book, Thinking Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. So I got that. I listened to it. Earl became one of my mentors. But then in reading that and listening to that, then I got the book. I read the book. And my big epiphany there, my big moment of dawning comprehension was that my thoughts, what you think about, you bring about my thoughts really dictate kind of what happens now? Now, I, I it doesn't dictate the circumstances of life, but it but but what you think about, you bring about. So, so how you interpret those circumstances, how you respond, what you hear. Uh, and so that that book really kind of changed my life. Uh, and, and then later on, I, I started to see the science behind it, you know. And now, science, you know, they have there's a, a piece of the back of the brain called the reticular activating system, and that actually is a little bit of the gatekeeper, but that's the thing that passes stuff from your subconscious mind to the conscious mind. And so an example that everyone can relate to is, is my son, Bo. He bought his very first car all on his own. And uh, he was actually in the Bay Area, living in the Bay Area. And it was an Acura TL maroon color. Never saw the car, never heard of the car before. Uh, and so he sends me this emotional picture of him, you know, uh, right, you know, next to the car with his hands up. He's all excited. And that emotionalized picture goes into my brain. Uh, and now what happens is some, for some crazy kooky reason, someone pulls up next to me in the maroon Acura TL. I drive by the dealership. There it is spinning around in the front of the dealership. 
it was always there, but I wasn't tuned in to see it. But because of that picture, then I was tuned in. A lot of people, you buy a new car, all of a sudden you see it everywhere else. Uh, and, and so that's a programmable thing. Now, if the RAS let everything in, you would be insane because your, your, your body is doing so many different things. There's so many inputs to your brain. Like if you're in a crowded airport and they say your name over the speaker, boom, you hear that. That's your RAS. And so what I came to realize is you can program the RAS. Uh, and, and that's why I say what you think about, you bring about. Now you have to act on what the RAS hands you, uh, but but it's it's something that has really served me well. That's awesome. I'm taking notes as you're talking. This is really great. It's um, You're basically singing my song here because uh, those in my audience know this and it's great to come at it from a different angle. Um, first of all, I'm a big fan of, and I forget who called it this, uh, automobile university. It was, it was either Brian Tracy or Zig Ziglar that had that. And, and it's like, I learned so much of this, um, on cassette tape while driving, just learning these days it's podcasts. So thank you, dear listeners and viewers for for being here. This is you enriching yourself. The idea of Earl Nightingale, go look him up. The idea of Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, go look up that book. Figure out how to make it relevant to your life currently, because you've got to recognize it was written back in the 1920s. So um, that said, it is still hugely valuable to think about the way you think. Uh, another book recommendation, James Allen's As a Man Thinketh, right? That is a huge one. And then something you said, Blaine, is like the things are all around us, but we never really notice it until we're called to notice it. And I use the example of like a radio. You're dialed in like all of the radio broadcasts, every person's cell phone, for example, we're all being bombarded by radio signals, cell signals, and unless you were tuned to a very specific one, um, you won't be hearing that particular one. And so uh, where where are you putting your thoughts and attention? So I really love the idea of of your tiger. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I, I really... Waitiba. Yeah, Waitiba. I, I like that analogy of the radio. Because it's so appropriate, uh, you know, and and so if there's some music on that you don't like, you know, you don't scream at the radio in the car, you just right. turn it to the next station, right? So if some some kind of music comes on, you know, like you find another station, it's the same thing in life. And if you're not getting the results you want, let's tune into another station. And just like those cell phone waves and those radio waves, Think and Grow Rich talked about the thought waves, that your thoughts are actually going out there, you know, to other people. And you're a, a, a kind of a receiving station and a sending station for these kind of photons of thoughts. And so when you realize that, you begin to kind of tune into life a little bit more. Like, I, like you know, like I can walk into a room and sometimes you just get a feeling about the room, right? Uh, you know, or if you're a kind person, like animals and babies just like know that, uh, you know, oh. and they're not afraid of you. Uh, you know, in in any way. And so, so anyway, there's a lot going on there. And I think what I like is because I'm more of a scientific person. I like that science is kind of starting to catch up and really, uh, you know, being able to measure these things and measure your thoughts and, and how habits are formed and the neurons and the myelation and all kinds of cool stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about habits. You, you know, we typically think of Oh, it's 21 days or it's 90 days to make a habit. You know, it's and you've you've got a thing that says, no, no, it doesn't have to take that long. It could actually be shorter than half a minute. It's not 21 days. It's 21 seconds. So can you talk a little bit about that? I think this is kind of exciting. Uh, Yes. Yes. So uh, in my life back in 2009, I, I figured out like why I'm on the planet, right? And so you talked a little bit about my introduction. It's to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. So that's why God put me here. And when I do those things, uh, I, I'm really happy and jazzed about it. And so I started a company called Self-Fluence, which is basically the art and science of influencing yourself. Or I also like to say it's the power you already have 
to influence yourself. Now, you don't need anything else. So all the frameworks in this 21 second, 21 second habits, that's one of the frameworks we teach, but all the frameworks, everything you need is within reach. That's number one. Number two is you're already doing it. So you're already habit master. We'll prove that to you here in a second. And three, if you choose, not required, if you choose, you can master it. You can master it. So, so habits are, are pretty interesting because we are creatures of habit. And so if you want to, like, why am I at this point, uh, you know, in my life, most of where you are at is, it comes down to these habits. It's easy to do, but easy not to do. And what kind of daily disciplines do you get, you know, uh, do you create for yourself or do you get trapped? Now, now bad habit elimination, that's a totally different framework. So right now we're just talking about kind of new habit creation, but it's really important for you to realize, uh, you know, how important habits are in your life and that uh, you are already a habit master, right? And so a lot of times I will ask people, you know, okay, so I'll say, Dr. P, you know, have you brushed your teeth in the last 24 hours? Of course I've brushed my teeth. Okay, that's good. That's good. And and so how long you, you brush your teeth, that's a habit. How long have you had that habit? A year, five years, a decade? You know, you don't have to give your age, but but how long have you had that habit? Well, see, there's there's this uh cuss word that I tease about when I when I work with uh a particular population, and that population is dentists sometimes. I've I've done uh niche work with dentists. And and the the cuss word that I tease about is son of a dentist. And so for me, I grew up as the son of a dentist. And um, yep. So that habit, the habit of brushing and flossing together, it's a it's it's a right. And you'll you'll talk about linked habits, I'm sure. Um, uh, the habit of brushing and flossing began in early, early, early childhood. Okay. So you've got decades in. With, with decades. That, with that decades in. So I'll tell a little story how I kind of came across the 21 second habits is my wife. Now, luckily this is past tense. She used to have nearly daily migraine headaches. And so the doctors couldn't really figure it out. And they said, look, here's this headache log and we need you to fill it out. Like what you eat, what the triggers could be, what's the weather like, what's the barometric pressure, uh, all this stuff. And my wife could fill it out for a day or two. Then she'd forget, then she would lose it. Then she would be having migraines and I would be asking about it, bad news. Uh, and, And one night I was watching her brush her teeth and I noticed that she's like the dentist record recommended two minutes in the morning, two minutes at night. And so the first key, which you kind of just mentioned is habit linking. So there's new habit of her. She wanted to fill out this headache log every single day. And so what we did is we just took the headache log, put it underneath the toothbrush and the toothpaste. And when she brushed her teeth, she would fill out the log. So now she's getting four minutes a day and she went from can't do it for two or three days to 90 days in a row. 90 days in a row. So when she like brought that in, I mean, the proud smile on her face when she had 90 days in a row completed and brought that back into the doctors was phenomenal. So the first key is habit linking. So you figure out what is a habit that you already do, no willpower required, right? Um, You know, that you can link to. So for me, I thought to myself, okay, let's try it out. So all these frameworks, try them on myself, make sure they're self-evident. And I said, okay, Blaine, what do you want to do? And I said, I got two things that I want to do every day. I want to do this Bible app. And then I want to take a mind shower, right? So I realized, okay, every day I physically wash my body, but I'm not like washing my mind. There's a lot of head trash up there. Uh, And so I wanted to take, uh, you know, like a 10 minute mind shower. So what I did is I said to myself, I know that if I do this first thing in the morning, it's got to be first thing, because uh, otherwise the day gets away from me and it might not happen. So I said, what is the first thing I do every single morning without fail, no willpower required? And yes, you guessed it, is I open up my smartphone. Don't have to think about it. It happens every morning. Uh, sometimes the alarm is going off even but uh, on that phone. But I look at my smartphone. So what I did is I moved all the apps off the homepage. And I just put the two apps there, Bible app and this uh, Headspace is, is one of the apps I use to take my mind shower. And so then, so my habit linking was the first time I opened my phone, I have to do those two things. Now, here comes the second key. So the first is habit linking to have it you're already master at, you already do it, no willpower required. The second thing is you need to surf some urge 
that you have, uh, some urge, some desire, you need to surf that to give you the energy to push through and do the new habit. So for me, like, why do I open my phone first thing in the morning? Obviously to check, I've got text messages. My, my son lives in Denmark. So he texts me during the middle of the night. I've got emails. I've got orders. I want to know what's happening in the world. Like the whole, I, I just, it's like that I have this big urge to want to know what's happening in the world. Now, sometimes I push that back, which is probably healthy, but typically I, I want to do that stuff. And so I surf the urge to want to do all those things, to push myself to do that. And so this morning, when I woke up today, the first thing I did, Dr. P, was I opened my phone and I did those two apps. Now, the cool thing about those apps is, you guessed it, they track you, right? So today was day 1,751 days in a row. Uh, for me, not missing those two habits. Now, I, I like a 10-minute mind shower, but if I only have two or three minutes, by golly, I'm going to get it done. I'm not I'm not going to miss it because I can't look at anything else on my phone until I do that. Um, so, so the first one is habit linking. Second one is urge surfing. And then the last part is leverage. So you can anchor in this 21-second habit creation. Uh, you can anchor it in by getting some leverage on yourself. So how do you get leverage? Well, the carrot works, the stick works accountability works, right? So the carrot is you give yourself a reward. Hey, you know what? If I do this habit for the next seven days, I get to buy the book I've been wanting, right? Um, so, so you give yourself some kind of reward. The stick, a penalty also works. My my wife loves to jump in on that. Well, if you don't do the habit for the next seven days, then you have to wash the garbage cans out, you know, the big garbage cans outside. And, and if she really means business, she'll say, if you don't do the habit for seven days, you have to wash the neighbor's garbage cans, like on the side where you touch their stuff, they're coming after you. So anyway, uh, but but having some kind of leverage, some kind of penalty, also accountability to someone other than yourself also helps. And then the last leverage point is that psychologically, if you get like three or four days in a row, you don't want to break the chain. You don't want to break the streak. Um, so, so you want to you want to keep the street going. So if you get a little success, I often say win early, win often. And I, I would rather you scale back than miss a day, right? So if you say, uh, I'm going to exercise every day for 30 minutes and you don't have 30 minutes, I, I'd rather you exercise for three minutes before you go to bed just to kind of keep the streak going, keep it going. So um, hopefully that uh, that makes sense. That is the 21 second habit framework. That's awesome. I want to repeat it back. I need you to tell me a particular word you said, because you said it fast, and I couldn't tell whether it was surf or serve an urge. Yes, it's urge surfing, as in the ocean, as in a wave. So you have a wave of desire, right? So when I open my phone, I have this wave of desire to want to check everything, and I channel that energy into doing the habit. My wife, she cannot go to sleep with the gritty teeth. So, so that urge for her is yep. that's what gets her to do it. A, another example would be, I had this attorney friend and she's like, Blaine, you say, I've got to plan my day, but I'm not doing it. And I said, and what do you do first thing in the morning? No willpower required. She goes, I have a cup of coffee. And oh. I said, that's great. You love coffee. I love coffee. You have that machine that grinds the beans and it smells really good. She goes, yeah. I said, good put a piece of paper and a pen on top of the coffee maker and go in there. I want you to make the coffee, brew it, smell it, but you can't sip it till you start to plan. So she serves that urge to want to drink the coffee to, to kind of push her in to get her, get her awesome. new habit going. So surfing, surfing is really allowing the wave to push you. I love that analogy. Um, habit linking is what all of this is about. What are you doing naturally? What do you do regularly and what do you want to add to that? It's a it's a huge point of leverage. Uh, surf the urge. Use metrics, um, which you alluded to. Uh, get a reward or and or leverage and accountability on yourself. And then um, I love <laughs> win early, win often. It's like that's <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, you got to win the battle of the brain chemicals. And, and, yeah. and sometimes, you know, if you're losing too much, you're going to lose interest and you're going to lose energy. Like when I was coaching my kids in tennis, I realized like the golden ratio was about 70% winning, 70 to 80% winning. Now, if they were winning more than that, like 90% of the time, they weren't learning anything. Uh, you know, they were just kind of going through and winning, winning the match easily. Right. Uh, but if they lost more than 70%, like they're losing half the time, they begin to lose interest. They begin to lose desire. Uh, you know, and so, so it is, it's a balance and you got to balance yourself. So yeah, that's why I always say win early, win often. 
That's awesome. Uh, the the technical side of that, the psychological piece of that, it's called habituation, right? So you nice. get used to something happening so often. If you went to a slot machine and you won every single time um, while getting money that way is is fun, it loses its interest. Intermittent reward is really what keeps us uh, engaged. And so uh continuing to push yourself continuing to push yourself to that next level and that next level and um and that's what you're talking about how do you get those wins that help you grow and for me you know i'm known as the exponential success coach not the you know uh plod along success coach right it's linear. <laughs> right it's exponential success how do you get that giant leap and it's it is from having this foundation that works and then pushing yourself to growth to the next level um i i have a riddle that i that i use which is uh what happens if you don't step out of your comfort zone oh if you if you never step out of it you're, you're going to be pretty comfortable and you're stuck in the chair or the sofa exactly right so the answer is you're stuck absolutely nothing happens that's the answer what happens if you don't step out of your comfort zone nothing absolutely nothing and so um you know part of part of becoming a success part of what you think about you bring about means that to me at least as i'm interpreting what you're saying playing is uh is to push yourself to that next level to think about what's bigger what's next what's what makes you a uh, dare i say a better human you know that that you're good you're perfect as you are and you you're not static you are growing so how do you guide your own growth and uh and i i love this you are listening to one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most with your host dr wayne pernell you know you are bigger than the life you are leading it really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Let me ask you this question, winding back the clock a little bit. Uh, at I think you said it was 2009 when uh, you were shown a neon sign that said this is your purpose um what what happened like nobody gets that usually so yeah it wasn't a neon sign it was it it was i i passed all the neon signs and and didn't listen and uh you know kept doing a lot a lot of things uh but but for me like probably the the catalyst that that got me there was my degrees in computer science. I had a nice computer science job, um, and um, my son was was one year old. We've got we got two two uh, two kids, but our oldest is, is, is my son, and so our, our daughter wasn't wasn't here yet. And our son was was one year old. I came back from this business trip. And I walk in, and uh, you know, my son's acting really weird, you know. And and so I said, "Hey, Beth, what's wrong with both? Like, is he sick?" And she goes, "No, no, he's not sick." Um, but but you were gone so long on that business trip, he kind of forgot who you were. And I was like, what? And that like like emotionally, that that hit me pretty hard. And then I remembered, yeah, both my parents worked. So I would come home. My brother a lot of times wasn't there. I'd come home to an empty house. It's like a little scary. Um, anyway, so that night I, I made this clarifying decision that like no matter what, I was going to be a work from home dad, right? And so I, I started two businesses and kept my regular job so that our marriage had was very stressful that one year <laughs> the most stressful year ever uh, but a year later uh and my wife said look if you can make more we didn't call it a side hustle back then or remote working or any of that but she's like if you can make as much money from this other stuff as you do on your regular job and we have enough money in the bank for three to six months go for it right so so that took me a year 
But I did that. Uh, and a year later, I broke free. And that was 27 years ago. So I've been this kind of work from home dad. Now the kids are growing out of the nest, um, you know, but that led me on the path that gave me the flexibility and the freedom to begin to pursue the things that I really like. Now, the business that I start I started one was just one swim lane over. It was a tech business where we helped uh, software engineers, which is what I was, get jobs and job placement. Uh, so, so that wasn't too far from what I was doing. And I did that with a friend. Uh, you know, the other business was a health business, which was a little bit more of a personal, uh, you know, thing that I really like to do. But then as I was able to grow the business and figure out what do I really like to do? What, what are my giftings and all that? That's what kind of led me to um, start helping people get results and, and typically mastermind groups of business owners uh, that that's kind of what uh, where I ended up and and that's that's how I kind of that someone started calling me the chief results officer and I'm like hey I like that I went to the U.S. trademark got the R with the circle got the registered trademark for it so so it's been fun and and it's uh and that's where that's that's what kind of lights me up the most is watching somebody take control of themselves, which is the thing they have the most control over uh, yep. and, and begin to move from being like a day behind to being caught up to being ahead to being a day ahead. And then I, I kind of teach, you know, frameworks about living a, what we call the a day ahead life. Uh, and it, it's, it's a, just a joy to watch that happen. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I want to point out something that you said, which isn't always comfortable. And that is that during times of massive growth, it requires you to give a little bit more sometimes than you've ever given of yourself before. And you said that, you know, you started a couple of businesses and you were still keeping your regular job and, um, and that it was one of the most, if not the most stressful years that you've had. And I just want to point that out, you know, that the so often we pe we see people who are successful and we we look at them with envy like wow they have it so easy look at what they've got look at and what we miss is the behind the scenes and winding back the clock a little bit or the calendar pages enough to see that um they they ran the miles they put in the work like you know, each of us that we're on this beautiful climb, um, we did some work to get to this place where, you know, now it's starting to it's starting to flow. And I think that's really important for each of the listeners and, you know, for us to remind ourselves, like, as we grow, we're pushing ourselves to places we've never been. It may be slightly stressful. Um, what you and I do, Blaine, uh, I'm guessing is we interpret stress differently now. Um, I'm guessing that about you. Uh, I know that about myself that, that it's like, oh, if it's stressful, it means that I'm in this space of massive growth. This is going to be good. Like, I can't wait. Let's see what it feels like. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that for yourself or, um, or if you want to dive into, uh, the last thing you said, which was a day ahead living. Yeah, uh, no, let's talk a little about it because because most people uh, are in some, uh, you know, some capacity overload, some overwhelm, right? And and so, you know, that, that period of my life where I had to say no to a lot of things to say yes to getting those businesses going, right? So, so there's a lot of sacrifice made there. Some, some were, were, you know, good, some were bad, but, but you, you have to make some of those sacrifices in that moment. So it's kind of a period of out of balance. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I learned so much during that time, you know, and, and so, you know, it kind of tested our, my wife and I, our relationship, which made it through that, that storm. And, and we, we came, you know, we, we've had other storms of life uh, that, 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 you know, can break you or they can make you. Right. And so a lot of it is, is not what happens, right? It, my, my, actually my favorite mentor of all is not Earl Nightingale. I like Earl uh, is Jim Rohn, right. And, oh, yeah. and Jim Rohn, I mean, he said, it's not what happens that determines your life future. It's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. And so, you know, these things, you know, these tough times that you go through, it's it's how, like you said earlier, how you interpret those and what you decide to do. Um, but I will say that, you know, there's a lot of head trash that 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 people have, um, you know, and a lot of limiting beliefs and, uh, you know, 
I often end up, you know, having to really start there with people. Like we call it hacking your head trash. You know, um, there's another, there's a great quote. When you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. them, So, So when someone says, I don't have enough time. You know, I don't have enough time. Well, well, you say that long enough, your Raz is listening and say, yes, you do not have enough time. I'm going to give you 10 other things that you, now you have to do. And then I'm going to break your internet. I'm going to make you late on a payment here. I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm coming after you. Um, you know, so it's important, right? That, that you're not arguing for your limitations, you know, and that you are hacking that head trash. And for me, actually, there's a few things. There, there's like, um, there's things you can do in the moment right? Almost like a little switch. We could talk about those. You can flip a switch when the head trash is, is coming upon you. But but um, in addition to that, there's many proactive things you can do to keep the head trash at a minimum. And you mentioned one earlier, which was, which was my number one, and that was audio programs, right? Pouring in the positive. I, I, I like to say this is chemistry thing, but the solution to pollution is oh. dilution. The solution to pollution is dilution. And we always had that scientific beaker experiment and you've got a dark liquid and they pour the clear liquid in and sooner or later it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. Then all of a sudden it's, you can't even see the bad stuff in there. Right. And so it's the same thing with your mind. And back then, you know, well, lucky for me, it's not as bad, but back then I might need five or six hours of a Jim Rohn program, Earl Nightingale program of, you know, Dr. P's podcast. I might need six hours of that for one hour of victimhood, pity party, somebody, you know, you know, treated me badly or whatever. Now today I'm probably under one for one, like, like if I have a bad hour, I might only need 30 minutes to come back, but, but I've, I've, uh, you know, kind of trained myself, but, but think about that proactively pouring in the positive, getting around the right people, right? You have so many inputs to your body, what you eat, you know, food has an energy and vibration, what you drink, who you hang around, uh, what do you listen to? What are you watching? Right. And you can begin to adjust that, uh, you know, all, all that in that environment. I'll, I'll give one tip the, that that's worked the best for me in the moment, in the moment. Right. Um, so, so you say, you, you hear yourself say, I'm just too busy. I never have enough time. And so when this negative thought or limiting thought comes, what I want you to do is I want you to, yeah, but yourself. Okay, so what you do is this technique is called yeah, but. And so whenever you have that, and you can yeah, but other people, my wife and I, and we are kids, we, we yeah, but each other all the time now. But I say, look, I, I, I never have enough time. Yeah, but, and then wait. Yeah, but makes your mind almost like Google. It makes your mind flip and give you the answers. Yeah, but you're in control of your schedule. Yeah, but you control, you know, uh, if you hire someone, you control what you delegate. You know, you control what time you wake up in the morning, what time you go to bed, you know, how much energy you have, you know, and you begin to see the other side of it. And, and typically it's just enough to flip the switch to get you moving in that direction, right? Um, and so when I when I say that to myself, yeah, but then it, a lot of times for me, when, I'm, when I get too busy, it's yeah, but I control, you know, um, I control the priority of things. Yeah, but I control the importance of things. And when I'm overwhelmed, I'm doing too much stuff that's not important. That's awesome. That's it, that's it. You know, I'm doing too much that's not important. So. Perfect. I uh, I am compelled to jump in here. Um, one of my key writings is about the use of the word "but," and it is it is uh, number two on my list of ten watchwords to eliminate. Um, that said, it is a watchword, and the use of it here I think is very appropriate. The right the the word yeah. "but." is meant to eliminate everything that came before it you know it's it's like um it's like uh you know you have a a white shirt on but i have a a dark uh uh, sweatshirt on and it makes it sound like somehow your shirt is less than my sweatshirt right it's like well i did this but i also do that and so the word but is meant to diminish what comes before it. If you want to be inclusive, you use the word and. In this case, because there is a negative that comes ahead of it, it is important to use this uh, judiciously, use it on purpose. It's the deliberate use of yeah, but. Um, My my trick um, that I've shared before and i'll i'll share it with you is i use reset reset 
Great one. Right. So I just, it's like, oh, this negative thought. It's like, where did that come from? I don't really want to explore where it came from. All I know is I need to stop it right now. Reset, reset. And it, it sort of creates this clear field for something new to come in. Yeah. But allows for (laughs) the negation of, of that (laughs) thought and, and the, uh, the space for the positive to come in. So um, I just, I, I really wanted to point out, be deliberate about the use of yabat. And and the reason to be deliberate is you could yabat the success. And it's like, well, I got this, but and it's yeah. like, no, 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 we're keeping that. We're celebrating that. Yes. And I got the success and look at what else I can do. Um, and so that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna shift yeah but to yes and I you know I, <laughs> yes uh, and you're right that that you could be negating your own success if you if you're yeah butting the good stuff instead yeah. of the bad stuff so exactly. great great point cool so be deliberate in that use of yeah but it's awesome um, you do want to the key whether you use reset reset or whether you use yeah but or whether you use uh, you know splashing yourself with water whatever it is. Um, the key is that you're interrupting the negative thoughts and you're catching them. And I think, you know, as you talk about habit creation, um, I love that you're, that you said, uh, you're a habit master, um, which almost sounds, um, it's, I, I, my mind goes in a very different place. You're a habit master. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, You're the the Zen master, the habit master. (laughs) So the, the idea of, interrupting those negative thoughts uh becomes a habit so that as they enter you go that doesn't belong here you create a filter uh for what's in and what's out i no longer tolerate those thoughts thank you next and it's like (laughs) that thought is not tolerated here uh whether that's self-talk about well i'm not good enough or i don't have enough or i don't like anything that has to do with lack it's not tolerated here. Uh, What is tolerated is everything that has to do with abundance, everything that has to do with prosperity, everything that has to do with opportunity and um, potential. That's what's tolerated here. And I think that, you know, part of what you're talking about is how do you stir those? How do you, how do you, you know, uh, plant and, and grow those kinds of thoughts, which I, which is really great. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, you, you talked earlier about habits and, and, and scientifically now this is really cool brain science. They are actually now able to measure the formation of habits in the brain. And, and it does take, it takes 21 days to begin the forming of the neural pathways for that habit. Uh, but it takes 63 days. It's really the study. It was a very exact number, 63 days to actually have that habit be able to run and stand on its own. And they showed how the neurons created like an insulation. They call it mylation, but, but an insulation yeah. uh, around that new path that you're creating such a in such a way that it, it happens very, very quickly, right? So kind of a, the, the neurons that, uh, you know, fire together, wire together. Uh, and, and so just know that if you're cancel, you know, or if you reset, reset, or you're, yeah, budding yourself, if you'll begin to do that for 21 days, you're going to start to see and feel results. And if you can get 63 days in, that stuff's going to start to be wired and you're going to be looking for opportunities instead of looking for kind of the limiting side. That's, that's awesome. The, uh, the key here is consistency also, because 21 days isn't a magic number. If you're not doing consistent work to make that habit, a habit. Um, so, so it's like, well, I did it three days ago and, you know, now I'm, I'm a few weeks in. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's every day and it's every time it shows up. And that's how you get the, the laying down of the new neurons, the new neuronal path. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. And, and people, you know, yeah. When you start habit linking, it, it is good to have some kind of a cue or a trigger. Right. So, so in my case, when I opened up my phone, I could just see those two apps, you know, my wife, when she went to brush her teeth, the headache log was there or, Anne when she went for a coffee, you know, the, the daily planning sheet or notebook was there, you know, so it's important yeah, to, to come up with some cues so that you don't forget. And then, you know, um, if you're going to set up a new habit, the other, the other thing, and this works for trying to stop bad habits, but is to dial down the resistance. 
sure. as low as possible <clears throat> to get you to do the habit. Or if it's something you don't want to do, <clears throat> dial up the resistance really high. So for example, one, I had this one gentleman, he wanted to exercise, um, you know, and, and so he realized he's got to do it first thing in the morning. And so he wasn't doing it. And, and so, you know, one, one thing we said, well, you could dial down the resistance by uh, sleeping in your running clothes. <clears throat> so he said, okay, I'll give that a try. And, and that was helpful. Um, but then he still wasn't doing it every time. And I said, okay, what do you do first thing when you get out of bed? Since I go to the bathroom, I said, okay, great. Go to the restroom, go to the bathroom, take your running shoes, put them on top of the toilet. So you have to touch the shoes. And while you go to the bathroom, put the shoes on. Uh, and then when you get up, there you go, right? So, so again, any ways that you can <clears throat> dial down the resistance, that can be helpful. And if there's something you don't want to do, like I wanted to stop eating potato chips, you know, you dial up the resistance, meaning I threw out all the potato chips, so I don't have them in my home. So if I have to like get in a car and drive somewhere to get them. I'm probably not going to do it. So just, that's just a little, little tip on, on resistance. That's awesome. Yeah. Leveraging the resistance or, or eliminating it. Um, absolutely. It's, it's uh, yeah. Paving the way. Right. So set your clothes out. Some people don't even start there. Right. So the idea of you want to exercise, what do you need to do to exercise? Well, I have to get up. I have to get my coffee. Then I have to get into my exercise clothes. Then I have to get in the car and go somewhere. What if you got into your exercise clothes, got, got your coffee on the way to your car or on the drive to the gym? Right. Um, or if you're working out at home, same thing. Uh, love the idea to sleep in your exercise clothes and see what happens when you wake up that way. Um, you, you're exercise ready. That's awesome. That's really good. So yeah, playing with resistance and, and think about it as a dial. Like, do you want to eliminate something? How are you going to make that thing harder for yourself? Do you want to increase something? How are you going to make that thing easier for yourself? Now this, you know, and think about, like it's easy for us to to say to say this in conversation, uh, to pause long enough for our audience to reflect just a second. What is it you want to do more of? Um, is it I want to make more sales calls? Is it I want to be healthier? And how are you going to quantify that? You know, there are some people that go, "Well, I want I want more money." And I'm like, well, that's that's awesome. If you, you know, recently I found a, a dime on the street and it's like, um, suddenly I have more money. It's like, well, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> like, well, how do you quantify what's more? And then you can work toward that. Well, I want to lose weight. Awesome. You probably lost four ounces today just by doing something different you've lost four ounces. Now, tomorrow you might gain it back, you might gain it back plus, or tomorrow you could lose four more ounces or a pound or two. And, and so it's, you've got to be able to quantify it so that you can measure it. Um, so what is it you want? And I'm asking our audience members, each of you, as you listen to this, as you watch this, what do you want more of? And what constitutes more? And what do you want less of and what constitutes less? And then as Blaine was explaining, what are you going to do to either reduce the resistance or amp up that resistance? And I think that's, those are huge questions because <laughs> that's what makes the difference. That's the, that is the path to success. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and the, the science behind the resistance when you want to stop something is you really only need 10 to 20 seconds of resistance to stop you from doing it. So, so like, for example, most people struggle with they're working in some way, like I'm writing an article, let's say, or something. I'm doing some work, right? Single tasking, focused work, but my phone is with me and a text message comes in. Right. You know, and, and hopefully, I mean, I have all the rings, dings and bings turned off, but, but, you know, if I pick up that phone, okay. Or I think about something, oh, I just need to text somebody, or I have this idea that I want to talk about on Dr. P's podcast, you know, you know, and I have, and I, and I take myself from what I'm doing, that distraction is devastating to your productivity. Um, so, so what you can do is you can put your phone in airplane mode. Now that's going to take you a few seconds to get out of airplane mode, or you could turn your phone off. That's going to take a few more seconds, right? So you're less likely to do it. You could turn your phone off and put it in a different room 
out in the, like I work from home in the kitchen in a drawer out there, or I could take it and I could have a lock box that I put it in that has a time delayed 15 minutes. You do the combination doesn't open for 15 minutes, right? I mean, that's a little extreme, but, but even just 10 or 20 seconds is going to stop you, you know, from, from, uh, you know, from, from doing that, that habit you're trying to eliminate. So I think that's, that's awesome. I've uh, known people that have had spending issues and they put their credit cards in an ice tray in order to have access to use their credit cards. They had to defrost the ice, which is (laughs) incredible. Think about this though. You know, we get bored, we walk around the house um, there's the pantry. Oh, there's, there's snacks or there's the fridge. Oh, there's snacks. And that 10 to 20 seconds of, if I walk away from this and in 20 seconds, I still want that thing. I will go ahead and have it. But if I walk away from this and it's not that thing, it's just, maybe I was bored and I wanted something, anything, uh, then I'm probably going to step back and go, well, let me start with water and see if that might just serve the urge to have something, anything. So um, I love that 10 to 20 seconds of resistance. Give yourself that buffer. It's huge. It's yeah. Huge. And what you just said is, is really the um, another big key to bad habit elimination is the substitute habit. Like you're, you don't do well with the void, right? So if you said, I'm not going to eat potato chips or junk food anymore. Okay. What's the substitute, right? What's the substitute habit that's good for you to put in its place? Now I, I chose macadamia nuts, but anyway, and, and so that's my kind of snack of choice. So if I have easy access to that, I'm, I'm not looking for the potato chips, but whatever it is, you need to come up with, you know, uh, some type of substitute habit that can kind of fill the void of, of the one that you're taking away. Love that. Love that. Um, as we're approaching the the end of our time together, let me ask you uh, a couple of questions. And that is, what were you hoping I would ask you that I didn't ask you? What might you be sharing with our audience members, the listeners, the viewers? And um, the third thing is, you know, if people want more of of you, Blaine Olkers, how do they find you? Yeah, yeah. I'll start with the last one and we'll work backwards. But um, no, so for me, the easiest thing is I, I did that TEDx talk that I talked about, and you're also a TEDx speaker as well. Yes. And um, and so um I set up a, a website where you can get that blainetedx.com. So B-L-A-I-N-E-T-E-D-X.com. And there you can opt in. You'll get a, you get a, to watch the talk. You'll get a transcript of it. Uh, and then you uh, you and I will be connected. So um, you'll have my email address. And if I could serve you in any way, I'm happy to do it. Uh, so so that's uh, that's how we can get connected. Uh, I, I really, um, you know, I, I think the only other thing that... Um, it's for people to really, we touched a little bit about it, but to really understand the power of your own mind Mm. and not just the power of your thoughts, but of your ability to dictate your physical reality, right? And so there is this lens. And so when I take my mind shower in the morning, I really make sure that I set this lens because the lens through which you are looking at life actually dictates the physical reality of how life shows up. I'll I'll give you an example. So if I said, Dr. P, I really, I'm sorry to say this, but today is going to be one of the worst days of your life. Sorry about that. So then you're a little scared. You're a little timid now because I gave you that lens and you're almost hit by a car. And so you say, Darn that Blaine. He was right. I was almost hit by a car. And then the rest of the day, you're scared and you're 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 withdrawn and you don't want to go out. You want to go home and sit in the closet, you know, and, and physically, you're those are the signs that you're having. You're, the physiology of your body is that way. Now, same day, <clears throat> same morning, but I hand you a different lens. I say, Dr. P, today, I don't know why. It's gonna be one of the best days of your life. You go outside, same thing, you're almost hit by the car. But because of the different lens, you say, Darn that, Blaine. He was right. This is the best of my life. I was spared. God has a reason for me to be here. I'm excited. You're jubilant. You're dancing the rest of the day. You're looking for the next good thing that's going to happen. Two different days completely. 
same circumstances. Mm-hmm. The only difference is the lens. And that lens you choose every day, you can choose the lens of the victim or you can choose the lens of the victor, but whatever you choose, you're going to interpret stuff, uh, you know, and, and that's the way life's going to show up for you. So sometimes it's uh, it's hard to to really get that if life's been hitting you pretty hard. Um, but, but, um, but I, but I really hope people come to come to learn the power that you have in your mind. Love it. I'm taking notes. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so some of this will show up in the show notes and it's, it's fabulous. Choose the lens, uh, that you use to view your world. Right. And, um, and that it's the lens that you use that changes your reality. Um, it's interesting because because I have trained myself not to allow certain like negative thoughts to come in. When you said, you know, today is going to be the one of the worst days. Um, my response was, "That's awesome." Because my day's gone so well that if this is one of the worst days, imagine what's next. And it's like so. So again, like my lens is tuned to, okay, that like challenge accepted. That's awesome. Like, um, and, and so, what are you going to learn today? Right? What are you going to learn yeah, today from those challenges? Yeah, yeah that's a great. Yeah. Point. So, so it's it's really uh, it really is very tied to what do you do? What do you do with the information you're given? Right? It is everything is neutral. Everything is just here's a neutral situation you make it good or bad. And um, it's up to each one of us to be that beacon of light for others. It's up to each one of us then to interpret whatever we're given as something we can make use of to become bigger, brighter, better uh, for ourselves and for others. So yeah, yeah, 100%. Cool. And, and, you know, get your lens right. Yeah. Once you get your lens right, you know, help somebody else to to exactly. polish their lens or to take the cloud off of their lens, exactly. you know, and uh, and start to help them. And and once you do, when you see that shift in people, it's dramatic and it lasts it lasts a lifetime. That's awesome. Well, I'm a big fan of uh, of you of TEDx, um, BlaineTEDx.com. I'm looking at it. B L A I N E T E D X.com. You'll be able to see Blaine Olker's TEDx. You'll you'll get onto his mailing list and get some good stuff in your inbox. Uh, you'll be connected and um, amazing. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it, Blaine. Dr. B, thank you so much for having me on. And I'll leave the listeners with this last thing, the bad news. The bad news is time flies. The good news, you're the pilot. So pilot well, my friends, pilot well. Very good. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Blaine Olkers has been my guest. This is One Sharp Sword Cutting Through to What Matters Most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword Cutting Through to What Matters Most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your Powerful Presence Mentor. 